Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show here on this Wednesday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Joining me now as he does every single Wednesday at this time is our guy, Red Sox and Bruins insider at Nesson, Tom Karen. TC, how are you? I'm well, Brady. How are you? Excellent. I know your time is a little more limited today, so let's get right to it. Press conference was this morning. High and Bloom, Sam Kennedy, Alex Cora, Trevor Story. What were your early impressions of Story, the Red Sox version? Yeah, you know, he's an impressive guy. And, and, and down here in Florida, talking to Heimbloom and Alex Cora about him, that's, that's one of the things that really uh, kind of blew them away in the process. We know what he does on the field. Uh, a guy who's shown a lot of power, albeit, uh, you know, maybe adjusted because of the altitude in Colorado. Tremendous defense uh, in the field and, and got speed. So they knew all that. Uh, but you hear more and more people talking to him tell you about what a what an impressive guy he is uh, off the field as well. And, and, you know, for the first big money, long-term contract of the high and bloom era, uh, I think he checked off a lot of boxes in addition to what he can bring to the team on the field. Do you think that story was always the plan or did a bunch of dominoes fall in the right way that he kind of fell into their lap? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, it, listen, Heim Bloom is not the type of guy who goes into a, an offseason with, with one plan. I've talked to him about this. He's always got multiple plans going. If this happens, we'll do that. If that happens, we'll have to do this. Uh, if this guy goes here, maybe we'll counter there. So, I, you know, I don't know if they went in targeting him in the offseason. Could they have maybe tried for Freeman? Word is they were in on that uh, but didn't want to go as long. Uh, were they were they maybe kicking the tires on Correa? I know that Alex Cora's big fan of uh, of Correa, so uh, probably weren't on all of it. Uh, but then ultimately, when 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 Story says I'll play second base because I think this is the place that I can win, uh, and Xander Bogart says I, I love this guy coming in, even though maybe he's a threat to me in the future. I think once everybody was on the same page, it became an easy deal for them. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Bogarts. We're all focused on what this deal means for his future. What does it mean, if anything, that Bogarts was in the recruiting of Story? I think it meant a lot, uh, and, and Story talked a little bit about that today. Just You know, the fact that, that Alex Cora was reaching out to him, I mean, you expect that, right? You expect a team to, to kind of recruit. T.K. Hernandez, who they had a little bit of a relationship. Even Will Middlebrook, who's now one of my analysts, <laughs> uh, they used to work out together, and you know, Will sent me uh, a picture of some of the texts he was sending story last week. You know, pretty funny talking about, you know, uh, Houston's underwater and the humidity is going to kill you and the, the tax rate in California. <laughs> you don't want to go there. New York smells like garbage. You know, it's pretty funny, everybody. But but what you brought up, I think, was the biggest factor. The fact that Xander Bogart, uh, a guy who plays his position, uh, said, listen, I, I want you here. You make us better. Uh, I want to win. I, I think we know we've got two championships. Since day one, Xander Bogart is, is the ultimate winner. He's a guy who who really doesn't have a huge ego considering what a superstar he is. Uh, and, and so I think that meant a lot to story and really helped close the deal. I have two questions about the 2022 Red Sox as a result of this signing. One, how does Alex Cora handle the lineup? That's six everyday players that are right-handed. How do they handle that? Yeah, it's a really good question. You're going to have to be careful with the lefties in there, right? That's, uh, that's where Devers Verdugo sort of helped things out a little bit. Um, you know, Jack Bradley Jr. probably be at the bottom of the lineup. And so, it, it, you know, I, it, it, these are problems that, uh, that, that managers have dealt with over time. I know you'd love to have a balanced lineup, uh, but you'd rather have a great right-handed hitter than a mediocre left-handed hitter. 
Uh, and, and I, you know, this lineup now has a ton of pop. And, and guys who don't have huge splits, you know what I mean? These aren't guys, right-handed hitters, who can't hit right-handed pitchers. Uh, these are guys who have uh, pretty good, pretty even splits by and large. So I don't think it's a huge issue. How much do you think Story will run? We know he's got 20 stolen base potential, but I always wonder when a guy gets the big money, does the team shut him down for fear of jammed fingers and stepped on wrists, et cetera? Yeah, I don't think so. I think they like that part of it. Again, it's not about speed. It's just about stolen bases, obviously. Speed's about decisions. Speed's about going first to third on a base hit, trying to score from second on a base hit. Uh, and that's really, you know, Alex Ford was quick to bring that up today when we talked to him about speed. Now remember, next year you'll get the bigger bases. Uh, and, and so the, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it, the bases might be back into play a little bit more. Uh, so, so I, and, you know, I don't know. I, they had 40 stolen bases as a team, I think, last year. He had, or, or yeah, they, they had 40, and, and, you know, he had, what, half that? Yeah, he had 20. So, I mean, whatever he brings winds up being a huge, huge advantage. And it, just having that threat on the base pass makes this a better team. Tom Karen, Red Sox and Bruins insider at Nesson with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Yesterday at about uh, 3 o'clock, I was really mad at the Red Sox and ready to rip into them over the Devers arbitration trial that was coming. And then all of a sudden, two hours later, they had reached an agreement on an $11.2 million deal to settle. How big a deal is to not take him to court like they took Mookie to court? Well, it helps, you know. I mean, was it part of the reason Mookie left or, or ultimately, you know, didn't appear that he was going to sign here and they traded him? Maybe. You know, arbitration, and I, I bring up this story every year when Mike Milbury was GM of the Islanders and made Tommy Sowell cry during their arbitration. You know, I mean, it's an adversarial setup, no matter how you look at it. Now, I don't think Heim Bloom's going to go into arbitration and make Rabiel Devers cry. Okay, but I, I, I do think it's never good to have the team uh, in, in, in an arbitration setting saying how, well, you know, we don't think you're as good as you think you are. And yeah. here's why. And here's who we think you're comparable to. And you probably don't think these are great players, but we're saying you're just like them. None of that's good for the long-term relationship. And, I, you know, more than ever now, with Trevor Story here, listen, I love Xander Bogarts. I really do. I think he's the guy you build around. I think he's a foundational guy, a cornerstone piece. Even, even with the limitations of his range, I think he gets to the balls uh, or he plays the balls that he gets too well and story next to him will have more range to make it better. So I would lock up Xander Bogarts. I just don't know if that's feasible now and story gives you the shortstop of the future of the next few years, uh, at least until Marcelo Meyer is of, of the future. But, but my point being that Devers is probably the guy you really need to look at locking up now and, and so this helps that process. Well, I'll get you out of here on a Bruins question. Trade deadline was uh, this at the uh, Monday. They get Hampus Lindholm, the big defenseman. They sign him to an eight-year deal. Let me ask you, though, about Jake DeBrusque's comments the other day. DeBrusque says that uh, this this stretch was really hard on him. I'm like, buddy, you asked for the trade. You invited all of this stuff. Do you see it the same way I do? Yeah, I do. And, and you know, I, I listen, once you ask for a trade, once you go public with your unhappiness, with your situation, it's all self-inflicted, man. I mean, anything anything you get at that point on, you, you brought on yourself. And and so, and yeah, I'm sure it was tough on him because the reaction is something that a player doesn't want to have to deal with. But, but again, it's tough on you because you made it tough on yourself. So don't cry about it. Don't whine about it. Uh, by and large, he has it on the ice. You know what I mean? We've, you know, he's had some of his best, uh, best games here uh, since all of that. 
I thought it was interesting. I really thought when they, they extended him and locked him up, it was to make a trade. I was surprised it didn't happen. But, you know, he's got a chance now to be an important part of a team that's going to go to the playoffs. We'll see what he does. Well, two years, $8 million, and Jake DeBrusque has the clarity, he says, that he was missing. Tom Karen, Red Sox and Bruins insider at Nesson, live from spring training where the Red Sox are rolling. And, TC, we'll talk to you again next week. Undefeated. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's unbelievable. It's the greatest spring training team in the history of baseball. I mean, we'll see. But, you know, and it's a short spring training. So, you know, it's not going to take a lot to extend this run here. You know, you just uh, one week down, two to go. So here we go.